You're listening to Mamir, the podcast for aspiring entrepreneurs with me, your host, Maddie Kelly. Each week, I dive deep in my interviews with successful founders to leave you with the tools necessary to build your dream lives. So get ready for some kick-ass advice. Today, I'm sitting down with Stacey Asis, who is a successful creator boasting over 50,000 followers across her channels. She is a wellness queen who is known for sharing her recipes that are healthy takes on the foods we know and love. Today's episode is so beautiful, you guys. A little different from what you've heard on the pod so far. Stacey and I got so real on her healing journey, which encompasses much more than just her gut and her hormones. We talk about how her journey healed her relationship with food and honestly herself in general. Stacy's story is one that is inspiring and uplifting and filled with so much good advice for anyone going through a hard time or struggling with their gut health. Stay tuned because Stacy shares specific advice for those just starting their healing journey, including the books that fully changed her life. So get ready to hear some shocking statistics and gain some valuable insights if you've been looking for ways to heal your gut. Hi, Maddie. Hi! How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I'm excited. So I guess we can just get into it. Why don't you start by telling me like a little bit about your story and your journey and what you're doing right now? Okay. So I guess where I am today, my story starts with a breakup. (laughs) So I went through a breakup almost two years ago now. And it made me want to change my life, which sounds so cheesy to say out loud. And I always say this to my family and friends, like it wasn't a great relationship. And once I got out, I was like, life has to be different now. And that is what really got me into health and wellness. Hmm. Because I think in that relationship, I was not my best self. There was a lot of like toxic kind of habits yeah, and unhealthy habits. And something in me was just like, we're not doing this anymore. We want to live a healthier, more happy life. And what this is, is not it. What do you think some of those habits were? Was it like mostly like physical stuff, like eating habits or like mental? Yeah, both. So my previous ex and I, like we met in college. So we had party together I was into that lifestyle in college and that kind of like transcended college a bit Hmm. and I wanted to stop with the drinking habits I wanted to and you know with the drinking came eating unhealthy and being more sedentary because like we'd spend the weekend going out with people and then the whole weekend would be spent on the couch you know recovering and Also with the relationship, it was not the relationship for me and it didn't make me feel my best. Mm -hmm. So there's that mental aspect of like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Just like, you know, kind of like living for the relationship, living for the other person and not living for myself. Yeah. Like you didn't have your own identity aside from like being with your partner. Yeah. Yeah, I felt I had like a long term relationship in college and like so much of my identity was being with him because we were together since high school. And so like I had never even though we were 
like long distance. And so I felt like, oh no, I definitely have like my own stuff going on. I have my own friends. I have my own life. Like every decision that I made was like thinking about him. Mm-hmm. It was always something like I have to like ask him, like, I'd be like, this is what I want to do. Like, does that work for you? As yeah. A, so yeah, you like, just don't have your own like identity almost. And you don't realize how much that cripples your like self-confidence and yes. self-worth. And so I kind of realized that. And I was like, I don't want to live for anyone else anymore. I want to live for myself. And, you know, that lifestyle that I was living with him that wasn't aligned with me at all. And like you said, like I was making my decisions and revolving my lifestyle around what their lifestyle was like and what they wanted theirs to look like. And so that's kind of what like felt like I feel like I'm taking a lot of time on this, but it was really huge for me to like make that realization that I wasn't living a full life for myself. Totally. I feel like that took me so long to realize, like it Mm -hmm. took me forever to realize that like I was using my boyfriend like as a crutch at the time because like I was afraid that I couldn't stand on my own two feet. Like I didn't know who I was without him. And I didn't know like how to do life without him. And I think it took me like a year, probably longer to Mm -hmm. recognize that like it was time to go out on my own. Yeah. Or for me back then, (laughs) I feel like it it took me around that amount of time as well. I mean, we went through a breakup during the pandemic and then we got back together. So I think like during that time of like being back together, it was like slowly building up until the second breakup. Totally. Yeah. Once that breakup happened, like it was like my body knew Mm. we didn't want to be her anymore or like the old her. So that's what got me into health and wellness. I started listening to podcasts. Mm. So I'm a big podcast fan and learning about how we can just kind of like, you know, self-help, improve our own lives through our habits, I guess. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a full circle moment for you. (laughs) I know. Yeah. I'm I'm so honored right now that I get to be like your full circle moment. This is, this is really great. I'm very excited. (laughs) Yeah. It was really exciting to um, like get the message from you. Cause I was like, really? Like, this is happening. So when you started listening to podcasts, like what are the podcasts that you were listening to exactly? I think the first one that in college, I listened to Call Her Daddy because that was like, I was in college and that was like the time of Call Her Daddy's beginning. And actually during that podcast, Alex had talked about like going to therapy and that's actually, she actually convinced me basically to go to therapy. Because I had remembered, I had learned about therapy from that podcast, I decided like, okay, maybe there's more for me to learn from podcasts. And the algorithm, I think, had been suggesting the Skinny Confidential. Yes. Ever. Yeah. And that was (laughs) the first one that I started listening to and like really getting into that was like more health and wellness, self-help era kind of thing. Totally. I literally listen to the Skinny Confidential like every week. <laughs> like, yeah, here. yeah I, I love that podcast. I don't listen to it as much because I have such a broad like range of different ones I like to listen to now. 
But in the beginning, it was definitely like a really big game changer for me. What do you think were some of like the biggest takeaways that you had at that time in your life that meant the most to you in terms of like really turning your life around? Hmm. Takeaways. Like was Lauren like you have to do like this morning routine Mm -hmm. or was it about being your own person? Like what do you think really spoke to you? I think I remember being drawn to the podcasts where she was interviewing other entrepreneurs on their stories and hearing their stories of like where they started and then where they have now gotten to. And I kind of saw like myself in their like down or lower moments yeah, and being like, oh, I could get to somewhere else even though I feel like so low right now. Yeah. So that's what really struck me. So in all this time, you're like going through a breakup, you're realizing all this stuff about yourself and that you like are ready to take the leap and becoming like your own person and like a stronger individual. When did you start like really diving deep into your gut health and like posting on social media? So posting on social media actually... (laughs) During the breakup, I was actually trying to be in real estate at the time. Really? Yeah. Did not last long (laughs) at all. But basically, I had thought, okay, I'm young. I don't have loads of friends who have the money to buy a house right now. So where am I going to find clients on social media? And that's actually how I started posting on TikTok and Instagram. Because I was like, okay, if I want to find clients, I need to post get put my face out there on my cool. social media quickly learned I hate real estate it's not <laughs> my brokerage was not for me and they t- kind of deterred me from wanting to do real estate as well which I'm totally cool with yeah in my downloading of TikTok I was scrolling one time and this video popped up about how you can make extra money doing UGC so they were saying, you know, like you can create content without having a following and like you sell the content to brands. And so I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Like I've always been into content creation. Like when I was little or younger, I loved YouTube videos and I just like liked content. So I thought, okay, this is like my chance to like try and do something creative. And From doing UGC, I ended up really loving creating content. And I realized I don't want to be in real estate. And I also don't want to be a UGC creator. The reality is in my heart is that I want to create content that is like what I'm interested in. Yeah. So So you started doing UGC. Like how long were you doing UGC for before you started? You realized that you wanted to like create content for yourself. So I probably started that in probably about four months. I did it. And then I realized this is fun for me, but it's not like fully aligned with my energy. And yeah, that's when I was like, yes, I did make surprisingly a good amount of money in the beginning. And that's kind of what got the gears turning a little bit. And I was kind of like, well, if I started doing this full time and I put my energy into creating my own content that I loved, maybe I could make more and like actually make this 
a career instead of this like side hobby, side hustle. How did you do your first UGC? Like, did you reach out to a brand? Like, how did how did that first like deal go? So on UGC TikTok, everyone suggests you get on Twitter or now X. <laughs> do we call it Twitter or X now? <laughs> I still call it Twitter. Okay. So they suggested you get on Twitter. If you just get on Twitter, there's going to be people posting about opportunities. And so I got on Twitter and they were right. There was like a bunch of people posting about like opportunities. And I think I responded to one and they messaged me back and they were like, we need this. Can you do it? And that was, yeah, basically prior to like messaging this person saying like, I'm available for this opportunity. I like practice creating content in my house. And so like you create a portfolio Mm. and have like examples of your work as like, I don't have any socials or like any content on my socials. So I made like a portfolio of my work. And then like, I would say like, here's my portfolio. I'm interested in this opportunity. And then as I would assume they looked at my portfolio and then said, okay, would you want to proceed with this? Basically, Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then after you've been doing UGC for like four months, you were like, okay, wait, this is going in a really good direction. Like I could do this myself, like full time. Did you at that point decide that you wanted to make it very much like health and wellness oriented? I was always interested in health and wellness. And like, I, I was kind of actually up until I would say March of... 2023, kind of going back and forth between different niches. I wasn't sure because, yeah, I I was just like, I know I want to do this full time and I know I want to like create my own content, but what that looks like, I wasn't a hundred percent sure on yet. I think that's really relatable. I think I did went through something very similar. I think like when it comes to social media, discovering like your quote unquote niche is yeah. almost like a trial and error thing. Like you, mm-hmm. you really just have to put out a bunch of different content and then like you have to find almost like a Venn diagram. You have to find in the middle of like what performs really well and what you really enjoy making because sometimes like those two things don't always add up and like yeah. trying to understand what content performs well and why is also like an art form in and of itself. Cause like yeah. you can make what you think are two exactly like identical videos and one does really well. And then one doesn't. And you're like, Hey, but these are like the exact same video. And I don't know why and it could literally just be like what you were wearing that day. Yeah. So it's so confusing. Like I, I posted <laughs> a TikTok the other day and it got like, you know, over a thousand views. And then like, I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm going to repu- replicate that formula. It got like 800 views. And I was like, okay, wait, the formula is working. So then I replicated it again and like 200 views. And you're like, <laughs> why does this doesn't make any sense? Like literally. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of like, I got stuck in that, like, you know, like trying to just get the views. Yeah. Game. I feel like that's probably where there was a lot of confusion on like, how do we pick a niche? Because we obviously want to get views. And that's like one of the struggles of a lot of creators is like, we want to post what we want, but sometimes when we post what we want, it doesn't get views and it doesn't feel, you know, you don't get that instant gratification. That's what my struggle was, I think, because I was like, I want to like make this a career. And I guess I was feeling pressure. I was putting pressure on myself. Like, I can't have a career in this if I'm not getting views and things like that. So how did and you get out of that? I mean, obviously, 
you still care about views, like no matter how big you get. I'm sure like even the biggest creators, like, you know, they look at a video and they're like, oh my God, that performed really poorly. And then they want to delete the video or whatever. But I think what happened was this is like coinciding with when I started getting really serious about my gut and hormone health journey. And that kind of became my life. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, I'm going through this journey and I want to post about this because I'm learning so much information about gut health and hormone health and all those things. And I'm seeing results from it. And I just felt like I need to share this because these things are changing my life. (laughs) And that's when I kind of was like, this is what I need to post about is health and wellness. Forget all the other stuff I was posting about. And I need to zone in on this because I'm obsessed with this. This is like life-changing information in my head. That's what it felt like. And yeah, that's where it kind of like naturally fell into with my journey. What was that journey like getting into your gut health and hormone health? Like, what was the moment when you were like, okay, I really need to start focusing in on my gut health? So gut health has been like, I've known that I've had a something's wrong with my gut for years. And it was especially aggravated in college when I was like, at not treating my body with the most health and wellness. And it's a nice way to say it. I know my friends, they would always ask me like, do you have a tum? Because I would always like have tums on me because I would just get the worst bloating and stomach aches constantly. I was just talking with my friend the other day. They're like, she was like, do you remember when you always used to bring tums like wherever we went? And I don't know, this is just some like background context, but I used to be afraid to go places if I didn't have my Tums with me. Oh my gosh, yeah. My health was so bad that I was terrified I was going to get a massive stomach ache, like horrible bloating, and I wouldn't have anything to like help soothe that. And the Tums also weren't always effective. So I would bring them and then sometimes it would get so bad I would have to leave wherever I was because I was like I need to lie down I'm in so much pain but that had been happening for years and actually my gut health journey kind of started because of my hormone health journey Mm. so okay it kind of yeah it's a weird timeline but basically what happened was I started having breakouts on my cheeks for the first time ever, I have yeah. never had pimples on my cheeks. Well, I would get a cystic pimple here and there, but it was like more than I was ever accustomed to. And I was also feeling a lot of fatigue, low energy, just like I wasn't feeling well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to explain now, I guess, because I'm not like, I can't remember those like exact symptoms as much anymore. But definitely fatigue, acne. And I went to my gynecologist because I didn't have a primary care doctor at the time. And I said, can you test my hormones? Because this esthetician told me like she thinks that there's something going on with my hormones. I went mm, to Okay. Facial. So you're like getting a facial and your facialist was like, girly, like you should get your hormones tested. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because at that point I was like, should I get on Accutane? I was really like... My acne wasn't even that bad, but for me, I have never dealt with acne before. Yeah. I was really freaking out. 
about it. And she was like, go like before you get on Accutane, like you should go get your hormones checked. Yeah. And I was on birth control. So sorry if this is really long winded. No, I think it's important context for people to know, because I, I am sure that like there will be somebody listening to this who is dealing with the same like symptoms and circumstances that you are. Cause like, I know I was like, I was on birth control for such a long time. Like, and when I was like, I I was very similar to you. Like I never had really bad acne as a teenager. And then suddenly, like when I was getting a ton of acne, I was like, where the hell is this coming from? And it's like, you know, I also like struggle with eczema pretty bad. And like, Mm -hmm. I know that that's also like got related. So like all of these symptoms and circumstances that interestingly, I think as human beings, we just accept and we accept them for so long as opposed Mm -hmm. to recognizing and being like, no, this isn't right. And I think it has something to do with like the way that we're constantly being advertised, like band-aid solutions to our symptoms, right? So like for you, you were taking Tums because like, you were just like, I got to get rid of these symptoms. But like, we were never taught to address the root cause of our problems. And I think now as like more and more of us are starting to pay more attention to our health and, and well-being, that we're finally starting to be like, no, there's something wrong and we need to get mm-hmm. to the root cause of what it is and then address that so we don't have any of these other like weird symptoms. Totally. That's like exactly my mindset now. It was totally just like, what is the next cream I can put on my face to get my acne to go away? And when that wasn't working, I guess I have to figure out what like the root cause is. Yeah, I was on birth control. I go to my gynecologist. I ask her to test my hormones. And she's like, well, <laughs> there's nothing that's going to come up because you're on birth control. And that's oh. what kind of made me feel like, like, I was shocked. I was like, what? Because I had no idea what I was putting in my body when mm-hmm. I signed up for birth control. And isn't I think that's really unfortunate of, you know, our healthcare system that they're just like prescribing birth control like it's nothing. But truly, it's so impactful on 90% of our bodies. And so... Yeah, on a separate, completely separate topic, like birth control, we could do like a whole episode (laughs) on birth control alone. And this is going to sound so random, but I read like so much like fantasy romance books. And in every (laughs) fantasy romance books, like the guys take birth control. And I'm always like, why can we not bring this like into reality? Because that's really honestly how it should be. Like, it's not our fault. Like it's their yeah. fault. And like, they should be the ones to take birth control. Anyway, yeah. Maybe we'll do like a part two episode just like on birth control or something. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because like side note, in a book that I read, which highly recommend Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton. She writes about how there was like tests done for male birth control. And like a couple men said they felt they didn't feel good on it. No. And so they stopped testing completely. Stop. Yeah. And then for women, when they were testing birth control and women, a, a few women died. And what? And yeah. Yes, this is complete truth. It's in her book. <laughs> you oh. can read it. They stopped testing birth control on the men because a couple of them said they didn't feel good. And then for testing birth control on women, a couple of them died. And they were like, whatever. And they're like, well, we'll just keep testing until we figure it out. Yeah. Oh my God, that's insane. But I'm also like not surprised. I know. I know. Not surprised, but it's just so like saddening. 
Yeah. And it's funny that you bring this up too, because, you know, I was on birth control for so long. And then it's so funny because like, when you start dating somebody new, you're like, okay, well, I got to get back on the birth control. Mm -hmm. And then like recently that happened to me with my ex and like I got on birth control again and I felt terrible and like my periods were way worse and it was just like not the vibe. And so after we broke up, I got off and I promised myself that I would never, ever do it again. Like ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the same boat. I'm never getting on it ever again. (laughs) Yeah. So then was that like the moment that you decided to get off birth control? It was when your doctor was like, well, we can't test anything until like this is not until you're not on birth control anymore. Yet. Because I had been on it for almost 10 years and I was terrified to get off Mm. because I've heard of people like their acne getting even worse when they get Mm. off of it. So I was like, oh, no, I can't do it. (laughs) But okay, yeah, I get the blood test back and it says everything's normal, of course, because like they can't, you can't really see. Then I started going to a new esthetician, actually. And she actually was the one who introduced me to the book Beyond the Pill by Rolling Brighton. And reading that book, this is kind of what catapulted me into Mm -hmm. health and wellness and everything. But basically, it goes over like the effects of birth control, what it does to your body. And then at the end, she has this like plan for how to get off birth control. And also, I should note at this time, this is a time when I had started experimenting with removing some of my food sensitivities or suspected food sensitivities. So I removed dairy and I removed gluten because those are two foods that have been seen to cause acne in a lot of people. And I did see a little improvement after okay. removing those two. So I was like on that train already. I was like, okay, yeah, I removed dairy, removed gluten. I'm feeling better. My stomach was also feeling better. So Mm. I'm already noticing like, okay, removing these two foods did, has made me feel better. But yeah, I read the book at the end. She has this like 30 day, like anti-inflammatory hormone disruptor free diet. Mm. And so on this diet, you remove gluten and grains, dairy, corn, soy, alcohol, caffeine, inflammatory fats. So, oh, and added sugars, added and processed sugars. So obviously that's like insane. When you're first reading that, you're like, oh my God. You're like, what's left? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like that is so much. And I can't, there's no way. But then I was like, but my acne is not improving that much. Like it's still really bad. And at this point, I think because I had already removed dairy and gluten and seeing a little bit of results, I was kind of like... It's only 30 days of my entire life. And then I can resume doing whatever I was doing. And I was also like, I, at this point, I think I was convinced. I was also convinced by the book to get off birth control because it was like, I relate to so many things in the book. And I feel like I need to get off birth control. And this diet was supposed to help you transition off of birth control. Yeah, I think what's important to note about your story is that you hit a wall, you hit a point where you were like, what's on the other side of the fear of doing this diet is the better life that you had been wanting. And like, because you were recognizing and relating to so much of what was going on in that book, your mind was like, ready. And I think Mm -hmm. a thing in life in general is that we have moments in life where we hit that wall where we're like, 
where you're ready to move past it. And like mentally you're willing to adopt these weird diets or like what maybe your friends and family would be like, oh, you're changing. And it's like, what are these weird habits you're adopting? Or like, what are these strange diets that you're doing? And like, what it is, I think is just incentive at the end of the day. Like it's, it's just time. Like our minds are ready. Our bodies are ready. You're like, I just read this insane book that was very impactful and really eye opening. And it's time to make changes. And like, you were just ready to do it. And it sounds crazy and it sounds daunting, but like for you, it was just like, it's an experiment. I want to try it because I'm, I'm just not happy with where I am right now. Yes. And that is an important word, like experiment, because I think that was something I sort of started adopting. My acne started flaring up. It's like, what can I try? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I there's a little bit of desperation mixed in there <laughs> because <laughs> when I got my blood test back and I got a couple blood tests just like normal blood panel just like basic and my liver enzymes were coming up as elevated. I knew it had nothing to do with like medication or alcohol because I stopped drinking alcohol. I wasn't taking medication and I wasn't able to get on Accutane <laughs> because my liver enzymes were heightened or elevated and my dermatologist said you have to like get your liver enzymes back to normal before you can get on Accutane. So there was the wall. And then there's also like the wall of like, I'm ready to just try anything. So there was like a little bit of desperation in there because my acne was just like, I was just miserable, even though it really wasn't as bad as it could have been. But for me, it was really bad. And yeah, so I was like, you know what? It's 30 days of my entire life. And I just looked at the big picture and I was like, it's a blip in my life. And this isn't like a lifestyle I'm adopting. Like I'm not going to cut out all of these things for the rest of my life. So I followed her protocol and I did that for How was it? Was it like really hard at the beginning or like what was that what was that process like? <laughs> it wasn't like a walk like the first week was it was easy because I'm like excited about it and first week was easy and then it progressively got harder honestly like the last week I was like oh my god I just want to eat rice so badly because you couldn't even like rice is a grain and she wanted you to not eat grains and so I couldn't even eat rice and also she wanted you to do like a liver it was called like a liver liver cleanse for the first two weeks And that was absolutely awful. What is a liver (laughs) cleanse? I've never done one before. It's like these supplements you take, but they're in this like powder form and they're so disgusting. And it's just like a bunch. It's supposed to help the liver detoxification, like phase one and phase two. Like there's two phases of liver detoxification and it's supposed to just support that detoxification process. Okay really really awful for two weeks it's so <laughs> but I did get one more blood test after that month was over and my liver enzymes were like way 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 down mm-hmm. compared to my blood work so I was like okay something worked something helped and during that time I was just kind of like getting less and less convinced to do Accutane I was kind of like I can heal naturally yeah and that sort of like confidence in that started growing. So you started doing like a bunch of research and like trying different stuff. 
yeah, I, I was doing a lot of research about like what's aggravating my gut, like what is what I need to do to transition off of birth control and removing endocrine disruptors, eating for my hormone health, gut health. So I just kind of like dove into, yeah, like what I need to incorporate into my diet, like supplements that I might be missing. Like I started taking a probiotic. I started taking a digestive enzyme. I started taking like magnesium. I started experimenting with just a bunch of different supplements. And I started feeling like better and better and better and better and better. So I was like, okay, healing naturally is working for me. Like I can do this. What did that feel like? Did you have more energy? Like, was your mental state better? Was it like only physical? Like what are some of the the experiences you had in terms of when you were like, oh shit, this is working? Definitely more energy. Like when I first went to my gynecologist, like I was feeling so much fatigue felt like I couldn't get out of bed. Like it it literally felt like the hardest thing I had to do that day was just get out of bed. Wow. I had to force myself to get out of bed. And I'm used to being kind of a morning person. Like I'm used to waking up at six and like starting my day right away. And I was barely getting up at eight months before. So I know eight is not like ridiculously late but for me it was like kind of late so yeah the energy came back I was feeling like more zest for life Hmm. like feeling like I'm taking care of my body and that just like knowing that gave me so much confidence and Hmm. energy to start living my days and like actually living life not just like going through the motions like I get to wake up and I get to make a meal that's going to not bloat me or not give me like an intense stomach ache or not make me like feel like I need to scarf down more snacks throughout the day like I'm always like I I don't feel like I'm constantly searching for more food Hmm. I have the energy to like have a full day and then go to sleep and feel like good about going to sleep and getting to wake up the next day. It's so interesting to hear because one of my really good girlfriends, she's been struggling with IBS for so long and like her relationship with food has been so tricky, like literally her entire life. And when she and I became friends, she like hated like going to a meal and eating. And like my friends and I are very like socially food motivated. Like we would always go out to dinner together. We would like love to try new restaurants and new food. Like if we travel together, we love to try like the local cuisine. And it was hard for her to like get into that because she either like didn't want to try it or like she was afraid how it was going to make her feel. And like just generally her relationship. And when I told her that I was interviewing you, she was so, so excited to hear your thoughts because she wanted to know like exactly what you were talking about, about it really like how you felt on the other side of it. Cause we knew it wasn't going to be just like a physical change. It was going to be very like emotional as well. And to hear like how it not just healed your body, but it healed your relationship with food and your like mental zest for life is so, so interesting to me. Yeah. I wasn't expecting any of that too. I was just like, okay, I'm dealing with this like acne. I might as well deal with all the other things. And it truly, it truly did like heal my relationship with food. That is so huge for me. I have always been like a calorie counter and I 
gained weight in college because of freshman 15 was felt like like so ugly and so like self-worth was so low lost the weight through intense calorie restriction Mm -hmm. and then with this and I've never like I and I always say this like food for me used to be either something like food was never something that liked me Mm -hmm. and now we I'm talking about it like it's a person but now we have this like relationship where I am so excited to eat food and it sounds so cheesy and what I'm talking about too is like I don't eat bad foods or like quote-unquote bad foods that don't work for me such as like eating loads of cheese anymore because my gut doesn't like that but for me removing that is like exciting because I'm replacing it with foods that do love my body and allow me to live a full life so I think that's that's really amazing because I think about anytime somebody's ever wanted to do like a diet and they're like immediately feeling upset about it because it means restriction like it like immediately to them says restriction and for you it's become almost like exciting to be like oh great I don't have to worry about that anymore instead I can fill my body with things that it wants and it enjoys and that I enjoy because it's not it's such an amazing attitude to have about it because you really are like thinking of and seeing the positive side of it like I don't think I would have thought about it that way. And to hear that that's even a possibility, I think is going to be so inspiring to so many people who are going through it and have thus far been afraid to make a true change because they feel like it's going to make their lives less exciting. And hearing your story has been so interesting from an outside perspective, because when you look to your Instagram, you're glowing, like you're having so much fun you're like living your best life and you're inspiring all these people with amazing food recipes and like to see and understand now where you were versus where you are today and like the platform that you've created to give people the opportunity to be where you are is so, it's so cool. And I think like, it's just, I think really you should like take a minute and pat yourself on the back and be like, (laughs) I've, I made it like, damn, I'm here, you know? No, I appreciate that so much. And that is truly like what I am trying to hopefully inspire people to do for themselves because I was in a dark place, you know, (laughs) getting out of a not great relationship and then feeling like food is my enemy Hmm. and my body is my enemy. Like it's making this acne on my face and it's making me like want to stay in bed all day none of those things are the enemy anymore. Food is not my enemy. My body is not my enemy anymore. Like I'm not afraid about putting something about eating anymore and feeling like it's doing something bad for me. Like, and Mm -hmm. I will have gluten from time to time and I enjoy it because it's feeding my soul. It's like everything comes back to like a holistic over like approach to life. Also on that, I wanted to say that I used to believe that food was bad any way I looked at it. It was either healthy and it was bland and boring and that was bad. And so I had to do that to punish myself for eating like crap like the week before or the weekend before. Or I could eat the food that tasted good, but my body didn't love me for Mm. eating those foods like pizza and ice cream all the time. So... 
when I looked at food previously, it was like, it's either my enemy because I have to punish myself and eat bland, healthy food, or it's my enemy because it's not going to make me feel good. Yeah. Like it's going to make me feel like shit because I'm like succumbing to binge eating like pizza, eating a whole pizza. And then my body's going to like retaliate against Mm -hmm. that really when you eat a a whole entire pizza. (laughs) And so this journey kind of taught me like healthy food actually can taste good, healthy food. And then food is actually not the enemy when you eat to fuel your, to nourish you. Yeah. And similarly with the hormone health journey is like my body's giving me acne because it's trying to tell me, it's trying to help me help Mm -hmm. myself. (laughs) Like it's trying to say, get this birth control out of your system. And just like side note, as soon as I got off birth control, my acne cleared up. But I will say like, I had a specific transition procedure that I did. Yeah, You didn't just go like cold turkey. Yeah. You set yourself up for success. So yeah. And like this journey basically has taught me to love food and it's taught me to love my body and love what it does and is constantly doing to keep me alive and keep me healthy and, you know, just trying to support it to live its best life. That's amazing. Let's say there's somebody out there who's like, holy shit, I relate to your like low time. Like that's exactly how I'm feeling right now. How do I fix it? Like, what would you suggest that they do like first steps to healing their gut and their hormones? So on a kind of practical level, I would say start removing foods that you know have no benefit to them. Mm. So limiting foods. So alcohol is massive. Alcohol has been a really big part of my journey, removing that, limiting that, and limiting things like inflammatory fats. So like pizza, fried food, chips. I know it might be hard for someone to completely eliminate that outright, but start to reduce the intake of that and then processed and added sugars. There are so many products nowadays and foods that are made with less refined sugars like coconut sugar, maple syrup, raw honey. So those three things are going to make a massive difference. I saw it in myself. I wouldn't just say this. And I've just done so much research on the negative effects of these three things on the body. So if you can start eliminating or limiting those on a practical level, that is going to be a starting point because there's so much that you'll need to do to like really get yourself to the finish line. Yeah. But on um, kind of like an emotional level, it's starting to, and this is kind of going to, I feel like this might feel like out of left field a little bit, but Starting to practice self-love instead of self-criticism is a huge one. Noticing how many negative thoughts go through your mind every single day about yourself and beginning to release the need to self-criticize all the time. Would you recommend like journaling and like, like making an, an, like a notes app where you're like, okay, I just had a negative thought. Like I'm going to put a tick mark down. And then like really starting to become more aware of that in that way. 
So I do love journaling. Like I do journal every single day or I try to. And that has been incredibly helpful. There's this speaker on happiness psychology named Sean Accor. And he says like the big five for creating more happiness is journaling, meditating, exercising, acts of kindness and practicing gratitude. Yeah, like you could like practice gratitude through journaling, like having a small gratitude practice in your journal. But for actually noticing negative thoughts is it's kind of like you committing to just noticing when you're self-criticizing. And I personally didn't find, I, I didn't like write down every time I would have a negative thought, but you kind of just have to like, maybe what helped me was reading the book called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay and listening to affirmations actually every single night. It's like when I was doing my skincare routine, I would listen to affirmations about self-love and listening to that kind of helped me realize, you know, when I was actually thinking negative thoughts about myself. Yeah. How long did it take you to see like real results? Like, do you think it was after the full 30 day transition after getting off birth control? Or would you think it was like a little bit longer than that? So with my gut health, that took about seven months. So yeah, that took me a little over half a year to feel like, oh my God, I'm Mm -hmm. not, I wasn't bloated for the entire day. And I will say this, like I was incredibly intense in my commitment to healing my gut and my hormones. So it might take longer for some people, but I took a very aggressive approach to doing that. Yeah, I would say the hormone health journey is still ongoing, but it has definitely, like my face is clear. So That's that good. took about three months after getting off of birth control. Yeah. So what's coming next for you? Do you have any like plans? I don't know, like maybe like a cookbook or something like that? <laughs> like what is, have you had any ideas about that? Cause like, you know, yeah. you're a successful creator and you're like living your dream life. You're feeling good and healthy. Like, have you thought about what's going to happen next? Yeah. I actually do think I'm going to make a cookbook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm not sure what exactly it's going to be like but it's definitely like in the works already so besides that it's just you know continuing to post the recipes that I'm already making day to day and that's amazing that is so exciting well we're kind of nearing our the end of our time so tell the people where they can find you and follow you Okay, so I'm everywhere at Stacey Aces. So it's S-T-A-C-E-Y-Y-A-S-I-S. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at that handle. And I think my YouTube is also that handle. So there's that. You can just and like then, search your name on YouTube, right? Yeah. Okay. And then my name doesn't have two Ys, just the handle. <laughs> but... I also have my website, which is thewellnessdiaries.com. And that's where I post all my recipes. And if I ever decide to make a post on like wellness, that'll be there too. Yay. Okay. Well, everyone should go and follow Stacy because she's got really good recipes. The healthy Samoas is what pursued me or or, um, incentivized me to hit you up in the DMs because I was like, ooh, that looks so good. 
So oh my gosh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I have a feeling that this episode is really going to be so helpful for people who are going through what you did and who are trying to get on the other side um, to where you are now. So I really, really appreciate you taking the time. And it was so much fun. Yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. And if you ever need help, just hit me up on the DMs. All the links to Stacey's social are in the show notes. If you want more from me and Mamir, check out my website, mamir.ink. And don't forget to follow me on social media at Mamir the Podcast. I also have a YouTube channel under Maddie Kelly if you want to stay up to date. And if you want to be featured in the Check the Review series on the podcast, comment your question in the reviews and I will answer them at the end of the episodes. See you guys next week.